Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the For the Culture Podcast, a soccer podcast for us, by us. It's the best kept secret of soccer today. You got your boy here, Greg, over here. Ringo and Tony are not with us uh, this, this week. Um, don't worry, everything's cool. We've just been out celebrating uh, the home team's first ever U.S. Open Cup championship. So we don't have our normal episode that we would typically have from week to week. Uh, we're not here talking to your head off. In fact, we're probably not going to be doing a whole lot of talking uh, much at all this week. Uh, and, but we did not leave you guys empty-handed. What we did do is over the past weekend, we linked up with the Oakland Roots. Uh, we linked up with... One of their co-founders and chief marketing officer, Idrissa Gandawal. And we also linked up with one of the players on the squad, Dembakwe Yamba. Uh, Dembakwe is, uh, she has roots here in Atlanta. He played high, high school soccer at Padea. Yet, in fact, he was coached by Coach Tony. You're going to see a lot of um, that going into the interview and everything. And you know, we had a really good time uh, chopping up with them. If you haven't already been following the Oakland Roots, uh, make sure that you do so. You can find them on uh, searching uh, Oakland Roots SC. For the most part, it's pretty, uh, they're pretty easy to find. They've really done a really good job as far as, you know, creating a culture there, both on the squad and in the community that I think that, and also beyond, because for anyone who has been following them, you know, uh, their jerseys have been flying off the shelves and everything I've been trying to get uh, get one and hopefully uh, I'll be able to get one in, in the next few weeks but I'm not going to talk you guys uh, heads off here today I, I really want to get to uh, get to the interview um, I will do uh, on the flip side I will be doing uh, uh, culture cues culture Q&A's uh, talking about uh, the playoffs especially now with the uh, with the U.S. Open Cup just just having been played, got a lot to say on, on that. But um, and also just a personal note um, as, as far as the questions go. But yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm really, really not gonna hold you guys up. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed uh, rivalry week over the weekend. You know, had a lot of great games, especially El, El Trafico LAFC versus uh, LA Galaxy. You know, it was a great game, three three draw. Pretty much had everything that you can ask for, you know. Like that's the kind of game that, if there was a rivalry and a match that you know could really sell MLS, that was probably one of them. Even though there wasn't a clear cut winner or loser at this at this point, that was definitely a great game. It was this that's a damn shame that you had that game at like late Sunday night where not everyone could see it. Like you know, you go back to last year when. Ebra had his debut against LAFC that I was on Big Fox in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. You couldn't miss it. And now they have it stuck on Sunday night when everyone, everyone at least on, on the East Coast, is largely asleep or at least trying to stay awake to watch the game. And it's really unfortunate because you, know, you have a lot of good games like this. Like you had uh, last week, you had the home team uh, going out to Portland in the MLS Cup rematch. And once again, you had them had Fox and ESPN putting it at a really late time and for no good reason. And it's really unfortunate that, you know, for those who still believe in MLS somewhat, you know, because obviously we'll get into that, you know, in a little bit um, as far as, you know, the missteps that they make, you know, whether it be with, you know, interacting with supporters, interacting with players, everything across the board I think that you know it that's the type of match that you know if nothing else you can rely on the on-field product and but when you put it on on a bad time slot it kind of, you only it only sets you up sets stuff up for failure so it's really unfortunate but again that was a, a, a dope ass match you know had everything you could really ask for you know and hopefully you know we'll get more of that you know as we run into the the final stretch of the, of the regular season but yeah i'm not gonna hold you guys up enjoy this interview it's me coach and adrice and boxy yeah, that's his um the backway's uh, nickname so if you you might hear a switch from back to forth back and forth from boxy and the backway it's the same person no worries not multiple people but but yeah enjoyed it enjoy the interview i'll be back on on the flip side you know give giving you some more um uh culture cues but yeah in the meantime, enjoy the show.
What's good, everybody? We're back here in the trap. We got your boys, Grego and Tony. We're here with two representatives from the Oakland Roots. We got Idris and Dembakwe representing the Oakland Roots. Welcome to the show, guys. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. And we got Grego, of course, on the line. So uh, Oakland Roots, uh, you know, I would say that a lot of people might notice some of the the logo and some of the branding that's going around, but can you give us a little background information about how Oakland Roots came to be? Yeah, for sure. Thanks guys for having us once again. It means a lot. Um, my name is Idris, as mentioned, I'm one of the co-founders and the chief marketing officer. Uh, this project has been a labor of love for the past three years. Uh, myself and my co-founder Benno, you know, have were both born and raised in Oakland in the greater Bay area. Um, and have gone in and out and done our thing and grow up and, and came back and asked the question, you know, why isn't there professional soccer in Oakland? Um, and, you know, every time we have a Liga MX team, Chivas or Club America or uh, even a Real Madrid in Barcelona, we sell out 17, 20,000 people at the Coliseum. So there's no shortage of an appetite in Oakland for the sport of soccer and that comes from the diversity that we see in the city. I mean, there's a lot of cultures and majority of those cultures subscribe to soccer and what it does for, for the community. And so we've always asked the question, like, why, you know, why don't we have a pro team? And why hasn't it existed in the, in the Bay Area, specifically San Francisco, Oakland and the East Bay? Um, we have a team out in San Jose, but there's nothing really on, on this side. And um, we asked that question for three years, engaged with the community, learned a lot, listened a lot. And, and then more importantly, couple that question with why hasn't uh, pro soccer organizations really taken the cap of like branding and merchandising and marketing, um, you know, and, and really taking it to the next level. And we see, you know, the likes of Atlanta, LAFC really own that and have done tremendously well um, in, in the MLS and specifically in the U.S. soccer pyramid. But you know, not really on the other, you know, larger scale. We haven't seen any any teams do it at that scale. You know, there's clubs like Detroit City and Chattanooga that we look up to and, and admire because of what they've been able to do grassroots level. But, you know, nothing, nothing else, you know. And we uh, coupled our branding and marketing experience with the question of why doesn't pro soccer exist in Oakland. And uh, the idea really took shape and people subscribed to it. And we had, we were lucky enough to have an investor group that believed in the notion that a team in Oakland doesn't necessarily have to park the bus and say <laughs> that it's high level pro soccer, but we could allow for it to be a vehicle for change and give back to the city and uh, create a funnel for youth and do a lot of cool activation pieces that we don't see too much in, in U.S. soccer. So all of that really kind of converged and became a reality. And I'll say it, man, I honestly don't even know how we got here. It's just when you, when you build, uh, forgive my language, when you build shit that people that is for the people and people enjoy it and subscribe to it, they'll insulate you and they'll support you. And, and quite frankly, the city of Oakland has, has put the roots on their back and has helped us. And it's, it's all them. Um, not much of us, just us working hard and trying to build something for them. That's an awesome story. I mean, I I have to say, as far as like the branding aspect, like y'all won me right away as a fan because when I started seeing the logo and how like some of the um, the social media stuff that y'all put out there, I was like, first y'all caught my attention with that. I mean, I think the logo and just the Thank color, you. the color palette. I was like, okay, they got something cool. Uh, it's definitely y'all your system of using a tree as a logo is ten times better than Austin's. Uh, <laughs> that's just me. Uh -oh. well, no, no disrespect to Austin, but you know. No disrespect. <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta be real with our, our taste because you know, best believe before the season starts, you know, we're gonna rate jerseys and you know the eye candy piece of it all. So um, yeah. cool to see that. But then the other part of me, when I saw that Mr. Dimbakwe was uh was a part <laughs> Um, I had to say, I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how did that come to be? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll hand it off to Dibakwe, man. That's all you, brother. Oh, okay. Well, no, again, yeah. um, just, you know, seconding what Idris said. Um, it's, it's a crazy situation. Um, 
that we find ourselves in for me to be again at a at a new club but the thing about this club is that it 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 stands out and it stood out to me from you know from the first person that called me the first person I had a conversation with and you know it all just came about I was you know with LA Galaxy you know over the course of um, preseason and thought everything was going well there and you know I was I was I was seeing every now and then a couple of Oakland Roots posts. There weren't much, many things being posted yet, not much players, but it was just the branding, you know, the videos, the first, and then, you know, the first player signing happened to be um, Devontae DeBose, who um, I had, you know, some relationship with um, knowing him um, prior. So I just said, yo, dude, this looks, this looks awesome. What's going on? You guys look like you're really, um, you're trying to target a different type of fan base. You're trying to, you know, maneuver, maneuver away into a different style of culture in, in U.S. soccer. Um, and I was just like, look, you know, whoever needs to get any of my information, go ahead and pass it along. And um, it didn't take too long for someone to reach out to me. And like I said, from the minute I got the first phone call, I realized, you know, this is this is a team that is not, uh, as Idrissa uh, said, just not strictly about, you know, soccer. It's about the next thing, which is, you know, the next generation, which is having a, a foothold in the community and the and what's going on and being influential to, to the people that were around and were able to, to have outreach to. And being, you know, where I've played and where I've been, that kind of was the next thing that intrigued me was, you know, what's next for me? What's, what can I use and give all of my experience being everywhere as I've been as an American player? Um, how can I come back and, and give it to a bunch of kids who look like me in Oakland? You know, I'm from Atlanta. You know, I, I moved to Atlanta when I was two years old from Sierra Leone. So, but I really grew up with really traditional parents. Um, and Atlanta was, you know, was a, was a, you know, how, how I'll describe as a melting pot um, from, you know, from my elementary school days all the way up to high school, the different type of people I was around, you know, Oakland, just seemed from the videos, from everything I was hearing to be an ideal um, next step for me to, to grow as a person and grow as, as a player, um, you know. So that's kind of how it all came along. And, and like I said, you know, since I've been in the, the city, it's just, it's, it's even more appealing than when you see, you know, everything that's going on on social media and the fantastic team that we have working there. But once you're around it, and you start to see it first and uh, first-handedly, the coaches, injuries, and you know everybody who's done so much to to get it to where it's been. You know, you you want to do your best here. You want to do everything you can to continue to build and make it the best. Um, you know, the best. I'd say startup because it is a startup. We yeah. are building from from ground up all the way to. So we're not just as Jadri said. You know, trying to get, you know, a big investor and trying to become an MLS team, but we're really trying to target you know, the, the, uh, grassroots. And, and like I said, for me, that really stood out to me. Um, so that's kind of how I, how I got here. Um, so, yeah. So, um, Idris, I, I mean, both of you touched upon the part, like, you know, the connection to the community of Oakland, since Oakland is such a unique and, you know, it has such a rich culture there. What are some of the projects that you have either currently going on or plan to do as far as like the connection to the community, uh, going forward? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, you know, I, I go back to like three years ago when we first asked that question, you know, immediately after as a group, we, we scheduled a, a session at Cliff Bar, the company who was really kind enough to sponsor a brown paperback session where we sat with the community and said, look, I'm going to sit up here on these stools and I'm going to listen to y'all and hear about what are some of your concerns about professional sports. And I want to hear about it firsthand from all of you guys and we got drilled Benno and I sat there and it was just like two hours of complete drilling but we listened and we didn't we didn't fight back it's it's all about understanding where people's perspectives are coming from from there we established a community advisory board of you know the OGs in Oakland and the pillars that really represent the diversity and 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 culture and those folks helped us create the identity of the club so I one of my good friends is Matthew Wolf. Uh, who's with Nike and who designed a lot of the World Cup kits that you see uh, in the World Cup, including the famous Nigeria kit. 
And when we sat down and we designed the kit, we, we even allowed for the, the community to be involved with the creation of the name. I mean, we were Funktown FC at some point. We were the Town SC. I mean, it, it was just all over the place. And when we came to the roots, we thought about, you know, the iconic tree in Oakland and how meaningful the oak tree is. But then thinking about, you know, there ain't no tree without roots and you don't know where you're going unless you know where you come from. And that rung well with the community. And, you know, we we even included the the mosaic of color because, you know, Oakland is about diversity and color and and embracing the differences that we have in our community so even from the brand identity standpoint it was key for us to think about the community and ever since then every initiative that we've had we've thought about the oakland first lens so you know the women's world cup happened you know a little bit ago and we we rented out the grand lake theater an iconic theater in oakland for the first time ever to view a women's world cup final and in about 90 minutes plus we raised over six thousand dollars for soccer without borders which is a program here in oakland that brings in refugees and folks that are from different parts of the world and gives them a funnel being soccer to be a part of the community and and hopefully grow to be a professional and actually johannes harish uh one of our professionally signed players is a byproduct of that program and is now signed to an oakland team um we signed you know five i believe six now Oakland born and raised players, including Devante, Dylan, uh, Nikolai, uh, Julio Cervantes, and, and a couple more. And, and that, these folks are a byproduct of our community initiative. It's important to have Oakland representation in the team. It's important that these kids have a funnel and, and a way to look up to uh, the players. And there's other initiatives that we're doing for game day as well. So it's you know, a lot of professional teams will throw tickets at the community and they'll say, hey, come to our games. But they don't realize that the issue is not free tickets. It's getting safely to the games and, and having food to eat at the games. Right. Yep. So so, you know, when you think about the kid in the East Oakland or, or West Oakland, North Oakland, wherever they are, you know, sometimes they don't have the greatest means to get to games and it's not safe to get to games. So. You know, we we think on a, a level of, OK, well, if kids can't get to a game, can we bust them over? And that's exactly what we're doing with Street Soccer USA, an organization here in Oakland. And um, we're busing 50 of their kids from their headquarters um, over to our, our soccer game. And we plan to feed them and we plan to get them home safely. And that's how you create an ambassador. And that's how you create a member of, of your culture and your club. Um, and those are just very, you know, tip of the iceberg examples of what we're doing with the community. And we've engaged so many different levels. I've, I can run down a list for hours of the things that we're interested in doing and want to do and have done. But those are minor examples of the, the community work that we're trying to do. Good God, you're speaking my language, man. <laughs> All my alley. Uh-huh. So let, me, let me jump up in here real quick, man. Um, uh, so, Idris, uh Kind of like piggybacking on, on what you've been talking about, like, like what, especially as as you being the uh, chief marketing officer of, of the of the team, like, tell us about like what type of uh, branding culture uh, are you trying to create both with the the both with the team itself as well as with the uh, community in Oakland. Yeah, yeah. So you know, from the get go, I'll tell you the the, the lifestyle merchandise that we've created and just to give you guys a little background i come from a branding and marketing background so i you know was at apple uh, for a little bit prior to that i did some work with translation llc helped bring mcdonald's mccafe from europe to america and i was working with sean john on his cologne and his campaign for a little bit and some of these experience had contributed you know to my to my experience in brand building and then even more so the influence of the the yays of the world, the Virgil Ablos of the world, and just being entrenched in fashion through my wife, um, who, you know, is uh, without her, I probably wouldn't have half the taste in the world. But it's all these things that contributed to the way I see the world. And the way I see the world, quite frankly, is to challenge assumptions. You know, if if a executive says that this is the way it's done, um, I usually take it, I flip it and I reverse it. And, and I challenge it because the way we've built this brand and the way that Oakland has survived for so long and it's maintained its identity is by saying no sometimes and saying, 
you know, I don't agree with you, you know, and if everyone had the right answer to do things, everyone would be successful in this world. And that's just not the case. So for us at The Roots, it's challenging assumptions, it's being blue collar, it's, it's saying, you know, this isn't a typical brand and identity. We want to have this skate girl at the town skate park at Defermary wear our merchandise and feel like she's a part of the club and culture. We want the fencer at the local club down there in downtown to feel like the fencer can wear the roots and be a part of that. It's about civic pride and unity. Um, and, you know, soccer just happens to be the vehicle for that. It just happens to be a vehicle. So sometimes, you know, we get folks wearing the roots gear and, you know, someone will stop them and say, hey, nice shirt. Did you know it was a soccer team? And oftentimes we get the answer of, no, I didn't know. I just thought it was cool and it represents Oakland. And <laughs> I'm like, exactly. You know, like that's exactly what we want to happen. And sometimes, and yeah. And sometimes people knock us for that. They're like, well, you got to spread the awareness of football. And I'm like, no, no, no. What you don't understand is when people wear the shirt and they walk around the city, you, you create ambassadors and eyeballs of a brand they've never seen before. And one day when they learn about the fact that it's a soccer team, they inevitably become a lifetime lifetime fan because you've already gotten their buy-in without selling on them, you know? Yeah. And that's what a lot of clubs be doing nowadays in, in uh, you know, in, in the MLS structures. Like, park a bus. We're billionaires. We have hella money. We're going we're gonna to throw these shirts out, and we want you to buy it. And it's like, that's just not the methodology in which we're we're creating this club. It's grassroots, no pun intended. And we luckily, I'll tell you, we have the investors that believe in that exact notion and initiative. And that's the type of culture that we're trying to build um, bottom up, top down, whatever you want to say, but from the grassroots and, and everyone's subscribing to it. We want to be here for a long time, not uh, only for soccer, but beyond that. That actually leads me right to my next question, because uh, you guys, of course, your, your first game is is next Saturday uh, in Oakland. And it's not just your first game at, as a club, but it's also the uh, first game for the league that you're a part of, uh, Nisa. Uh, I've, I've heard of, I've been following this project for maybe about two years now. And I know it's it's kind of been up and down as far as like what teams are, are going to be involved. Tell us about, you know, what, what the uh, uh, league is about and what they're trying to try to do uh, as a whole for um, the, to contribute to American soccer? Yeah, yeah, great question. So I'll just uh, start off with, you know, every time people see our brand or they see what we're doing, they ask, are you guys an MLS team? Yeah. And my, my initial, <laughs> well, my initial response to that is like, you know, okay, we, we need a, $250 million buy-in to MLS and we need a stadium that's worth $250 million or more. Um, do we need to build that way right now or do we need to invest in the infrastructure, in the community and build a team that can last by you know, really working hard in the community? So we, we went to visit Portland Timbers and Thorns organization. I'll tell you, there's some of my favorite folks in the world along with Atlanta United and LAFC folks because they align so closely on the community and, and brand initiatives. And some of the biggest lessons I learned from that conversation I had with their executive team is, you know, they invested heavily for seven to 10 years in the community. And they since then have done, yeah, they do ticketing work and outreach and all that, but the, the community shows up 17,000, 20,000 for women's games, for men's games, because they, they've done the due diligence in the community. Right. And so we're, piggybacking off of that model and we're doing something similar and we don't think that we need to buy into 200 million dollars right now to do that let's build a grassroots club and let's do it independently and you know our goal is to play the highest level of professional soccer period and if it means that one day in the future we'll get there but right now nisa the national independent soccer association is our is our like immediate you know, aligned league and, you know, they're a sanctioned professional league in the U.S. soccer uh, uh, federation pyramid. And, you know, we're approved to play international games. We can sign professional contracts. We can act and operate as a professional club without investing heavy in the infrastructure of a stadium and so on. And actually, 
we can invest in a stadium like Laney College, which is an iconic and historic venue in Oakland without stressing too much and really just build from the grassroots. So we aligned with the league on that side. Um, it's a new, uh, newly sanctioned league. So they're in their first, you know, year ever. And this the game on the 31st is actually not only the Oakland Roots first game ever, but Nice's first game ever. So we're, we're, yeah, a little bit of stress and pressure, but it should be, it's a monumental moment, not only for the city of Oakland, but for the independent soccer movement in America. Good. All right, so the way, got a question for you, man. So, yes, so for obviously, you know, we've had our connection back, in, you know, when you were at Padea and everything. And the one thing when, you know, when you were, I think, in eighth grade, you know, Coach Eric and I were always like, yo, we got to get them back on the team. He's a grown man. And the, the running joke we had for you while you were in junior high was like, we call him Mr. Dembakwe. Like, we don't, he doesn't call us Mr. We call you Mr. <laughs> but <That's funny. laughs> the thing I want to know is that, you know, you obviously with your stints that you played in Spain with Atletico Madrid and Orlando and San Jose and Reno and all that. Um, who are some of the best players that you've either played with or played against that you were just like, Good God, they're on a whole nother level. Um, well, by the way, that that's funny. Now it makes sense why you guys are calling calling me that back then. <laughs> but, uh, I was always realizing. But um, nah, um that's I get that question a lot, to be honest, from a lot of people. And to, um, you know, there's it, it ranges. Uh I was lucky enough to to play with uh, Lucas Hernandez, who won the World Cup with France, um, you know, last year. Um, I was lucky enough to to train with Atletico Madrid's first team two, two to three times a week. So that was in the year where we had just won um, La Liga, beating Barcelona and going all the way to the finals with uh, Real Madrid. So going there, that was really the biggest club in the world at that time to me, you know, I'm a man, you diehard man, United fan, but I was going to bring that up. Don't worry. That's coming on. Later. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, <laughs> being a 17 year old kid who, like I said, grew up in Atlanta, I didn't have, you know, Atlanta United wasn't a thing yet. Um, you know, so this was the biggest thing, you know, to me, I was committed to university of North Carolina, but I was kind of in a stage where it was like, you know, what's, I want to, I want to do something, out of this world. I want to do something that not many people have done. Um, you know, so I, I took that opportunity, went over there. And like I said, um, there's just players every, every day, you know, whether it was on my under 21 team who, you know, I'd be like, man, how, how'd you do that? You know? And then you go up to the first team and you're seeing guys like Mario Mandzukic and, you know, Fernando Torres, and, you know, I have the most interesting story with Fernando Torres. I'm training with um, the first team one day and we're doing like 66 to goal. And, you know, this guy walks up to me and he asks me in Spanish, Como se llama? What, what is your name? And I tell him, you know, my name's Boxy. And he says, OK, in Spanish, my name is Fernando. And I'm looking at this guy like, yeah, dude, like you need to introduce yourself to me. Like <laughs> I've been playing with you all since I could I could watch TV, you know, so. Uh, just seeing that humility from from them, um, seeing how Diego Simeone just can, you know, the culture of that club and watching how how much of a belief system the team has, you know, and it's and it's in a way very similar to to what they're trying to do here in our locker room in Oakland, which is the community based. Atletico Madrid's really different than Real Madrid. You know, Real Madrid's kind of the the nice part, the uh, suburbs, the business. The business town, you know, the stadium, the Bernabeu is there, and Atletico Madrid is more of a working class. You know, they grinded for everything that that they had. You know, Simeone's real down to the grit, as you guys see on the touchline. So, being in that environment, you know, for an American was was the most eye opening thing because no matter how big the club was, it was with the same context of you know you're 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 not lucky to be here. You know, you you got to work every single day for what this is, and and um and that's why you're gonna be here so you know a bunch of every player that was there had that mentality which is what i was gonna go back to so that you know there was a lot of good players that i played with uh, uh yeah 
now the Ashiram goes back to something that we were talking about during last week's episode, Coach. Um, you know, we've been talking about uh, the Marcus Beasley and how uh, he's been talking about. You know, a lot, a lot of uh, young kids coming up. You know, once they like they break into the first team, you know, they're just it's like they kind of have that that sense of entitlement, thinking that you know, hey, this is going to be. A- oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. What what um what what would you probably say is probably the biggest culture shock when you go in, when you got into that environment in Spain compared to you know what you uh, grew up with? Well. I, you know, I was coming into a time, you know, I was kind of right on the beginning cusp of when social media and yeah. became yeah. really, really influential. And in yeah, I remember actually, I remember, I remember like when Twitter was popping off right then. And that's how I was keeping up with how you were doing it, over there. Exactly. Exactly. So I was coming into a time where it was, it was everything that was becoming social media based said, you know, so it was known really quickly that, oh, there's an American kid at Atletico Madrid. He's the only one that's ever been there. You know, there's, so you have to deal, there's a lot you have to deal with in terms of, you know, the, I would say maybe the expectation. Um, And then being an American in, in a foreign country and then being an American playing soccer in a foreign country and then speaking the language. You know, so, and again, being 17 years old and I hadn't, I was still, you know, doing my senior year of high school, which um, was another completely different aspect of, of life that, you know, the kids over there weren't, you know, experiencing. I had to come back from training every day and, you know, get on the computer and do hours and hours of American schoolwork just so I could, for myself, I wanted to graduate. So, you know, it was kind of there was a bunch of hard things, but the hardest probably just be adapting to a new culture in terms of, you know, speaking the language. And because after training, you know, do you go right to your room and lock yourself in the room or do you go integrate with the team and go into the city? You know, do you, you know, go call a friend from the States or, you know, do you go play a game or go see something with your teammates? So if you don't have that base of language, it, you know, you find yourself, playing catch up, you know, you feel out of place, you know, and I had to deal with that a lot. I had to, and that was probably the hardest because the football part, you know, you're there for a reason, you know, you have to have confidence, you have to have, you know, your ability is there. Um, But then you realize really quickly, there's a lot more to soccer than just showing up on the field, you know, mentality, as I said, Diego Simeone mentality is set you apart, will make you a champion or will make you a loser. Um, So, you know, that's, that's kind of where the hardest, 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 you know, things to deal with. Well, answered. I like that. So I have a question then as far as like, you know, you obviously talked about the grind of having to, you know, bust out the schoolwork and, you know, you've been a professional for some time. Now. How many years is it now that you've been a professional? This is my fifth year now. <laughs> Wow! Wow! And I'm 22 years old, so it I I feel old, but like I said, it's 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 I embrace the fact that I have so God, much knowledge behind man. me. You are old oh, man. Now I really am. So so yeah. No. So what what are some of the things that you think about, like life after soccer? You know, after footy is done, are are there some you know projects and things that you're kind of brewing and trying to stir up yourself, or are you trying to keep that under? I mean, I don't no, know. absolutely. No, 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 absolutely. And, and like I said, when I, um, in, in the introduction, that was a big part of, of, of everything that I, that intrigued me with, with the roots, you know, when, you know, there's been, there, my career hasn't been as, as, you know, rosy as, as, as it should be. And I'm glad, you know, because it has shown me what it takes to make it, how easy it is to be, you know, what the fine lines are. Um, so whenever I'm back home in, in Atlanta, I'd always, took me to a place where okay so what is next how do you want to do you want to be a coach okay yeah that's cool you know you've you've been around a lot of places you have you know a lot of experience um do you want to be how do you want to coach what do you want to do so you know about three years two years ago I just started doing a bunch of you know private sessions with you know first I started with my best friends little um little brothers and his teammates and it was just such a natural calling you know it was just a thing that I was able to express myself and express my creativity because, you know, 
that one of the things I pride myself with on the field or whatever is that I think I like to I like to stand out whether it's what I wear whether it's you know what I'm doing on the field you know I like to be the person that you know can make the mark in in you know and be different in the positive way so that's kind of you know in the last couple of years in Atlanta I started to to really build from you know again not to not to use the same word but build from the grassroots with I have you know now about 13 to 14 kids that I train private sessions wise in Atlanta and and you know I have even more parents calling me and texting me you know while I'm gone and the real thing that I tell all my my the kids that I train is you know you train the way you play and you play the way you train and it's everything is is it all comes full circle so what you put in is what you're going to get out and maybe that's kind of what I wish you know I knew when I was younger just because you know it's it's not gonna be as easy as it may seem so whether you're doing a drill and you do it five times and you think okay it's I got it okay we'll keep do it 10 times and do it perfectly do it 11 times you know and coming over to here I really saw that there was a big potential a big you know whether it was the Hispanic community now I speak Spanish now which is you know one of the biggest you know grateful things I have um so actually amongst the Roots team, I mostly speak Spanish in the locker room, you know, and everybody's like, dude, it's crazy how you speak Spanish. And I'm like, man, I remember when I was in Spain and I used to stare everybody in the eye and and, and ask them with Google Translate questions. So um, coming to open, my next step was just really, you know, how can I take my what I'm doing into Atlanta into a more into a place where they haven't had it before, you know, like. You know, Idris has, has said multiple times, you know, this is the first time, the first thing in Oakland. Um, so I'm in a place where, like I said, I am I feel like I've learned enough, but I'm also young enough to make them be like, look, you know, it's I'm still one of you. I'm not I'm not some old guy telling you this thing or some somebody from a different generation. You know, I'm somebody who was in your shoes two years ago, three years ago. Um, you know, so so, the, you know, there's that's kind of where the next step is for me um and i'm in a the best place i think to do it like i said with with the foundation that's being built and and just the vision of of we're not here just for today and tomorrow and to have you know the hype for the first game um we're here for you know the long term whether it's as Adrie said, whichever league it is, that's not the concern because as the team gets back, which I've seen in Europe, there's third division clubs, fourth division clubs that get 10, 15,000 people at games, and it's because it's it's built from 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 a core, from some from real belief, you know. So, um, you know, the roots is for sure, the, you know, the best place for me to take that next step in terms of where I want to be after soccer. Cool, cool. Well, I, and then I got I know Gregor's probably got another question, but. I have one more question that's very important. Um, so, uh, by the way, like, we talk about the next step. What's What do you think is the next step for Manchester United as far as where we need to go <laughs> direction-wise? Oh, man. We, we're going to need our own podcast for that one, man. <laughs> I, I, wake up, I wake up over here on the West Coast at 5 a.m. To, to, to games, and, you know, sometimes I wish I got that shower sleep. But, um, you know, the thing is, and, and, you know, as I just said, we have, and it's crazy to say young players because they're my age, but we have a bunch of youth. And the thing about youth is that it's going to be inconsistent sometimes. It's going to be, you know, it's 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 not always going to be as easy as they think. You know, Rashford, Martial, these are all the most talented guys ever. And I, like I said, you just need that core, that that player, those players or coach to be like, look, this is what we do. This is what we're going to believe in. And we're going to do it this way. Um, so I think we, we started off well with signing Maguire. You know, if we can keep Pogba, that'll be uh, beneficial. But I think we got a ways to go, man. It's it's going to be a tough couple years for us. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. why we're fans of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. Just so you know, also that, like, Myself, along with Grego and Ringo, who's another one of our co-hosts of the show, and well, and Rashad, um, we're all Manchester United fans. But Ringo has uh, he has changed squads now. He has become an Arsenal fan, so he's a fan. Like who does that? So that's that's he's bound for more disappointment if that's what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Best of luck to him. I'll be a United fan until we get relegated before I ever. Exactly. Exactly. 
But no, um, uh, Adris, uh, uh, of course, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't, you know, talk about the supporters. Um, I actually just finally spotted um, the uh, supporters group for, uh, for the Roots, uh, the Hidden Leaves. Uh, uh, what can you tell us about them and like the, the relationship that y'all been trying to build up with them? Yeah, man. Uh, so the supporters group is an interesting conversation. Like we we've learned a lot from the Timbers and other LAFC folks. I, I've spoken to all these guys that have, have built these groups. And um, look, man, Oakland is a polarizing ass place, man. Like you you have people on both sides of the spectrum. So it's important that you know internally we just don't even like we allow folks to build it on their own like we don't want to be invasive we don't want to ask them about their needs or their wants or anything of that sort it's really just respecting their boundaries allowing them to create whatever the hell they want to create and uh, create that pathway for themselves i think the minute you get political with it and you get start getting involved and you start finessing it and making them do things for you and that they don't necessarily want to do. That's when things get very muddy and, and disappointing. It's respecting the supporters group culture and allowing them to create their own identity. And then if they ever come to us and say, Hey, you know, fam, we need help. Then we are always there for them. Uh, but it's respecting the boundaries and allowing for them to create the, the culture themselves. I, once again, I, you know, I told this to, the players early on and in the front office when we when we first got started is, you know, culture is when brand and action in the community come together and converge. And you can't just speak about it and talk to people about culture. You got to be able to implement that. And, I, and that's why I, re, I respect what you guys are doing so much. It's because it's, it's putting those things into work. So um, that's the, what we're focused on. And you know, we, we believe in our supporters and we want them to be successful, but at the same time, we don't want to shape their story and their narrative. I think every one of our supporters, uh, and it's not just the Hidden Leaves, it's, it's a lot of other folks as well that I think are popping up here and there. It's allowing for them to dictate their own story and their narrative. And then, look, if you if they come to us and they want a bucket for a smoke bomb, we got them. But, you know, it's, it's it, you know, we're not going to tell them how to be a supporters group that's that's on them yeah whatever they have been going on lately with uh, um most of the mls teams and supporters groups that, that's it's definitely refreshing to hear that you know that you have that you're, you're allowing that freedom for them to kind of you know build that right. build, build that culture for them too yeah absolutely and, and you see the hidden leaves got their own identity i like we just saw all that pop up out of nowhere with their own brand, own logo, and own stuff, and I think that's a beautiful thing, man. It's a it's a blank canvas. The roots is. It's, Boxy was was talking about it. Is uh, you know, we want this to be a platform for everyone. We've been having relationships with Champion and Nike and Oaklandish, a local brand, and you know, some of our players have taken interest in learning about merchandising and marketing and so on. And it's opening up the door. This is it's family. It's not front office versus technical staff we're all in it together and we're all trying to grow and the supporters group are are you know building in the same fashion and format so you just got to respect it and allow for them to build the build on on their own and then provide infrastructure and support if they ask for it cool cool so that leads us to the big days uh next saturday uh the 31st uh first game uh this op opened up for both of you guys like like what are you guys expecting you know on the field and in the stands, uh, what are you guys uh, shooting for? Yeah, Boxy, you, you could you could take the lead, and then I'll piggyback off of you on this one. Okay, Tom, okay no One answer for that, he better answer correctly. No. <laughs> well, without 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 putting too much pressure on 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 the team that I'm sure we already are, have. Um, that's why I let you answer. <laughs> we, Adris already told us it's his birthday next week. So we oh, man. No yeah. pressure. Hey, it's, 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 the, it's the dirty 30. And, and yes. before, before Boxy answers, though, I got to say something, man. I saw Boxy playing a scrimmage. That man's scary, man. That man's scary. Oh, man. Bro, he, man. Had, he, got the, he got the Kobe jaw going. He'd he be snapping at the players. 
Oh, man. Oh, no. I was, I was uh, scared no. of jumping on this podcast with Boxy, to be honest, bro. <laughs> but we're good. We're good. Uh, but no, no. To, to answer that question, truthfully, is that we're all that intensity is what we're all bringing. You know, every yeah. single player is is bringing that because this is a platform. It's a platform for us to do something special, to be the first to do something special. You know, and you don't. I don't take that lightly. I don't take that with a grain of salt. None of the players do. Yeah. Paul, the head coach, who's who's been hampering on us the whole like the whole preseason as well as Jordan, the assistant coach who's, who's done a great job with keeping us in tune with the ideas. Um, you know, we all just have an expectation and we all, you know, we want to hold each other accountable. We want to show up on the first day and feel like, you know what, we, we made the city proud, you know, the groundwork that Idris and, 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 and Steven and, and everyone who's, who, and Benno, sorry, who's, who's put their name and footprint on this, on this team we want to just show them and, and have them enjoy it, really. And like I said, I'm the type of player that, you know, I want the fans to get up off their feet. I want the, I want them to think, you know what, there's always going to be an opportunity for us to score. And we have a bunch of great players. Um, you know, Benji, who's who's a local, who has, has played in Mexico. Um, Jack McInerney, who is from Atlanta as well, who was in Atlanta, you know, a uh, really big Atlanta soccer legend to me growing up. Um, and he's coming here after many years in the MLS and coming here and bringing his expertise. So from the ground up, um, the center back, Victor Bernardes, who's played in two World Cups. Um, so all around, man, we have the, the, the coaching staff. They've, they've done a fantastic job integrating a bunch of people with a bunch of ideas. And the last three to four weeks has just been, you know, hampering down, hampering down. Um, so I definitely think next Friday, I mean, we're, we're trying to do our part. We, we definitely believe the city will do their part, you know, Idris and everyone in the backroom staff and in the front office, they've done phenomenally. They've done their, their part as well. So, you know, it's all coming together. I think full circle at the right time. Um, I have friends flying in from Atlanta. So it's for me, it's for me, it's a big occasion, you know, regardless of where I played, regardless of what I've done for me. You know, if I get a chance to step on that field, it's it's gonna be you know something I'm not gonna take lightly. I'm gonna you know embrace it because you know it's 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 an amazing thing to to be the first to do it for a city that has shown so much you know um, just so much satisfaction for what we're doing as as a whole. So um, you know, leading up to that game, you know, we're just ready to go. You know, like I said, it's it's Idris's birthday, so hopefully we can get him something <laughs> to cheer about no, out there. But, um, it's all it's all you guys. We we uh we do it for for y'all and we do it for the city. And look, we're we're shutting down East 10th Street, which is a street that's on Laney College, and we're doing a festival pre-game block party with you know some Bay Area legends and you know food and drinks and look, it's a community event, and everyone is here to support our boys, and and that's that's number one. We just want everyone to come together, everyone of different neighborhoods, different color different beliefs this is this is a safe place and um you know i'm just thankful that we're here and we're finally kicking off it's been a long time for sure i thought, I thought you lobbed up a perfect scenario to say you're doing it for the city you're doing this and i thought you were going to say for sure you do it for, for the, the culture <laughs> ah, oh man you had that one moment it's at the lob. i fucked it up i messed it up i messed it up I'll make sure I'll make sure I get a celebration that uh that reps you guys if I get if I'm able to get on uh get on the score yeah, sheet. I'll get you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, you heard it. No pressure again. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, now I gotta go to sleep, you know, practice tomorrow, but not nah, just yeah, yeah. For the culture, fam. For the culture. <laughs> yes, uh again, next next Saturday. Roots SC, uh, y'all playing uh, Cal United uh, stri Strikers, first game of the uh, Anissa. Good luck to you guys. Um, of course, you, where can they guys on, on the socials? Because, of course, this definitely, you know, supporting uh, local soccer is always, you know, one thing that we that we always are about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Much love. It's, it's, thank you, guys. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having, having me, for sure. Um, like I said, I've uh, Tony has been a big fan of mine. I've been a big fan of his. He's always held me down in high school and eighth grade. Um, you know, so just giving back to him and and for what he's doing and the platform he's trying to 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 put out there, I, I'm completely on board. So thank you for having me. 
All right, much love, man. Much Thanks, love. You know, you, we, we're growing your fandom right now, so we're going to give you another 12, 13 followers. But, you know, we're working on it. <laughs> we're going out there. That's what I'm saying. Once we get out there, we, we, all, we all eating, so don't worry. Exactly. <laughs> Best of life. Yeah, yeah, where, where can they find you on the socials? Um, you can out. You can uh, find me at Boxio Seven um, on Instagram, um, and you know, Idris can go ahead and give you all yeah. the, the Oakland Roots. Just search it up, Oakland Roots SC, and uh, I think we're we're struggling a little bit with trying to get Oakland Roots handles from different people because <laughs> it's such a generic uh, name, but. You know, if you search Oakland Roots, uh, you know, we will inevitably come up and be good to go. And so, you know, it's all Gucci there and we're excited and, you know, give us a follow. Keep up with our journey and uh, I appreciate you guys. And we appreciate you. We definitely, hey, you guys, you got, you got a bunch of new fans following y'all now from here in Atlanta. That's for sure. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Yes, keep, keep up the good work. Keep up the movement. Like I said, you know, we'll definitely be watching. Hopefully, we can get out there real soon. Great, Gregor. Thank you, man. Cool, y'all Thanks, y'all. Good. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. And we are back, or it's just me that's back. Uh, thanks to Idris and to Boxy for coming on and chopping it up with us. Um, giving us an insight on what the Oakland roots are and about what they've been no pun intended growing out there in Oakland and uh, no, we're definitely looking forward to seeing how things go this Saturday as well as you know going forward uh, you know always want to see local soccer grow and be as big as it, it hopefully can be so hoping for great great things there um let's get into some q a's here real quick um first one is from the we did it podcast uh, it's a great podcast that we've been uh able to link up with in the past few months uh, their their question is what is our expectations for the mls cup uh this season and the cup final also uh, are we expecting uh, Joseph Martinez to stick in Atlanta uh, beyond this season, or will he try to go elsewhere and, you know, try out the waters elsewhere? I'm actually glad I'm, I'm answering this question after the U.S. Open Cup um, uh, title game because I think that, at least as far as the home team goes, the expectation is, you know, MLS Cup or bus. I think that given how this past month, you know, with beating Club America and now winning the U.S. Open Cup, I think that it's going to be very hard, especially as the team continues to get healthier, for us not to expect that. Uh, everyone's getting healthier. Uh, we're running into a great run of form. You know, it's going to be a little tricky given the change in the playoff format where it was uh, two legs for most, like, the this everything passed this the wild card round uh, but now it's everything just a one-off um one playoff uh, match round for each round so that's going to make things a, a very tricky for us um and of course as well as everyone else you know clearly right now lafc is running away with the west and the league that they, they should have the Supporter Shield locked up in the next couple weeks, you know, if if their form holds on. But, of course, as we mentioned earlier, you know, they still have the big hurdle of overcoming uh, LA Galaxy and seeing if, if they can get over that hump and, and fulfill their destiny, basically. Um, you know, there's other teams that we look at, you know, even though they lost... Uh, against the home team, Minnesota United is going to be a, a very tough team to really uh, deal with uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, another team that you that you can't rule out is Portland. You know that like Gio Savarese, like if you we've sang his praises pretty much since literally the first episode. You know, I think that come playoff time, he'll have that team in a position to where you won't want to play them. I think that the only thing that might work against them is that 
they probably won't have that many uh, home games uh, during the playoffs. So a lot of what they'll have to rely on is will come on the road. So that that'll be tough. Um, if I had to give a prediction right now, right now I'm looking at at uh, the home team, United and uh, LA Galaxy. I actually do question if, especially now with the Galaxy picking up uh, Christian Pavon. Uh, and REC, like the type of impact that he's had on the Galaxy, it only makes them even more dangerous come playoff time because you won't be able to focus on just uh, Ibra um, in attack. You, like, you have to pay attention to someone else, which only you know makes them even more unpredictable as far as how they, uh, how they can basically uh, go after you. But um, I, I definitely don't think that it's a, it's a clear shot for really on either side right now. Again, because of how the playoffs uh, structure is, is now set up, you know, all it takes is just you know a bad play, a bad a bad call, and things can really go out of the way. So, you know, I, I think it's I think it's going to be impossible to save with 100% certainty. But I think right now, based on current form, uh, I, I I think it's going to be Galaxy and Atlanta United. Uh, you know, as far as Joseph goes. I actually don't see him moving. I think that, you know, it's, I think that we've clearly made this team his team, you know, even though he's not captain or anything. I think that obviously he's the face of the team. So I think that it really comes down to, you know, his level of ambition. And if he decides to want to go back over to Europe, because, you know, he's done Europe before. He's been in Italy. He's been in Switzerland, uh, if I'm not mistaken. You know, like he's like, I think that if the option of Europe came back, it would probably have to be for a bigger name club. What, you know, whether it be in France, Italy, England, it has to be, you know, something probably like within the up, upper half of, uh, of the table of the, in that country. Otherwise, I think for what he has right here and just his and just the uh, the way he goes about the game, I don't see him leaving. I think that you know he stays hungry every year. So you know it's really I think it won't be a problem for him to if we were to succeed again this year that he'll still be like I want I want more because now that we have the U.S. Open Cup, that means we automatically qualify for the Concacaf Champions League next year. So. You know, there will be something else to, to fight for come next season. I actually do think that the the trickier part is actually other players on the team, like because you have guys, you have young cats like Barco and Miles Robinson, who are really breaking out this season to where they probably will catch some some attention from Europe. If uh, they've already, I know at least Barco already has. Miles is definitely ca- catching a lot of uh, radars uh, over in Europe, so. He may be um, the person to watch come next year as far as who will be next to leave. So, and, and then you also have guys like Gonzalez Perez and Gressel who are in the last year of their contracts. So, it's going to make that uh, that uh, the offseason very interesting because you also have the CBA, which is the collective bargaining agreement. The union and the owners will have to come together to make a deal for the league, and that could be, and that could really affect things as far as the salary cap, as far as charter flights, like you know, making MLS a bigger league, both inside and out. So, and and that'll ultimately have a very huge effect as far as what uh, each team is able to offer their players, and you know, the league is able to offer as a whole. So. It can honestly go either way, but at least as far as Joseph goes, I actually see him staying here. Like I said, it's just a matter of who's going to be here with him come next year. That could honestly change quite a bit. So we'll see on that. Um, from Wavy Footy, uh, you can catch them at Wavy Footy uh, on Twitter and Instagram. They're kind of like us, you know, reaching out into the culture um, in the game. Um, actually, just asking a, a personal question: uh, um, What have we enjoyed out of this podcasting experience? Um, when I started 
this brand and this podcast, like I said, we ha- we've had the idea now for over a year now. And even though like our podcast um, anniversary comes at the end of October, um, I think the, the biggest thing there that that we've been able to enjoy is actually connecting with you guys. I think that you know part of what we part of our aim and part of our main objectives is to help change the narrative as far as the perception that at least here in America black people aren't into soccer like that you know I think that there is a vastly incorrect opinion on that you know clearly you know we're not it's not the biggest thing you know you still have basketball and and football but it doesn't mean that there's like the average black african-american fan that you that you might know you know definitely has an interest in soccer and you know and with that we want to give those guys you know a spotlight and that's and it's gone beyond that because obviously we've seen what what has become out of all this and it's it's taking us in so many different directions just as far as just seeing like what the supporter culture is with a lot of teams you know and hopefully what what we try to promote is those supporter cultures that really embrace diversity ones that actually want us around because it's one thing when you have groups that talk about y'all versus all but then you see pictures of their groups and it's like you know you don't see a lot of that you don't see a lot of diversity you know you, you basically you know you at best you might see uh, you know a latino group but for the most part you know it's it's just white people for them for for lack of a better word and to keep it real and to keep it 100 with you guys and for a lot of guys for a lot of people who look like me it's, it kind of has their perception that you know are we really welcome you know, and that's and more often than not the the answer, at least in most cases, the opinion is no. And what we want to do is, you know, help change that to where one, you know, people feel like you know it's okay to embrace soccer, not treat it like it's a secret, and then two, you know, help you know open up the culture to where we feel like we are, you know, an. Uh, an able partner in in that relationship, you know, because I, I think that obviously we have a lot to offer in that regard, and and also we we can take things to a whole another level. Like you've seen what we we've been able to do here in Atlanta, and with our contributions, and there's no reason why it can't happen elsewhere. You know, whether it be you know in L.A., whether it be in San Jose, whether it be in Memphis, whether it be in Richmond, whether it be in Miami, it could be anywhere. You know, like when we say the culture is everywhere, like we really do mean that the culture is everywhere and everyone has their own different flavor as to what that culture looks like. And we want to, you know, help shine some light on those things. And, you know, hopefully, you know, everyone that fucks with us knows our intentions and knows that, you know, we uh, we're about why we support those that, you know, that that support us and by and and in turn we are we support them speaking of which uh shout out to the portland and seattle supporters uh on this past friday as part of um the rivalry week um they had their cascadia derby and what the supporters did of course they've been in the thick of this whole political iron front um issue that that has taken taken kind of a life of its own between the league the front office with uh with different teams um in portland's case you know uh their front office kind of took a stance against you know what what they have been trying to do so uh, the timbers army actually took things into their own hands and said because they realized that you know the league you know gets off on being able to market the environments that Portland's been able to bring, Seattle's been able to been able to bring, and you know basically ex- exploit that, but still not truly back the supporters when 
they have an issue that they feel needs to be voiced out. And so what they did was they uh, committed to a 33 minute silent protest. So that meant no flags, no chanting, none of that stuff. The stuff that MLS loves to, you know, uh, hype up and and make a big deal out of. They said, no, we're not going to contribute to that. And to, to basically make a stand as far as, you know, like you're not going to just use us. And, you know, uh, shout out to them. Shout out, uh, shout out to Seattle for, you know, agreeing to uh, partner up with that because, you know, they, they've been involved in this, this as well, you know, going back to the attacks uh, about a month ago uh, with the New York City supporters. So I think that um, this is definitely a, a, a brave step that they were able to make because you have some groups that, you know, they talk they talk a good game as far as, you know, being about the protest life, but then realize that, you know, I think that they'd rather be seen than actually heard. So, you know, I said not everyone's about that life, but clearly Portland and Seattle are and more power to them on that. But uh, but yeah, uh, just to wrap up, of course, you know, as always, you know, you can catch on the social FTC UTD, um, Twitter, Instagram. I need to get better on on the Instagram tip. You know, like I said, it's usually it's usually me that handles the majority of of the social media. But at the same time, you know, Ringo and Coach uh, they have access to it every so often, and they'll, they'll throw in uh, their thing here and there. But, um, but for the um, for the most part, you know, as always, you know, we we love to chop it up with you guys and, and talk about basically uh, basically whatever. You know, let us know what you think about the um, about the uh, interview with with the roots. Um, make sure you let us know what you think about. Let us know what you think about. You know, what's what are your predictions going into the playoffs? You know, let us know what you think there. You know, always, you know, whether it be uh, questions and answers. You know, just general commentary. You know, we're open to it all. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, make sure that you check out the online store, ftcutd.myshopify.com. We've really caught our groove with these with the name sets. Um, that was kind of one of the things that we always wanted to kind of get off the ground when we first started this, because MLS and USL they don't really offer a lot of options as far as you know personalization and everything. And we want to be able to give you guys the avenue where you kind of express yourself and and give a different spin on on, on each jersey that you wear. You know, whether it be in USL, MLS, we haven't had too many uh, international jerseys, but I actually hope think that. That'll be changing pretty soon. Excuse me, I'm just over here burping here. I'm so I'm so sorry for that. But yeah, um, but I think that you know, hopefully, if y'all fuck with that, you know, you'll be able to you know express yourself in your own different way to where you know you'll you'll uh, you'll be able to add on to your jersey and everything, and make and make and make it even more even more drippy, even more wet. So yeah, check check out the the online store. But yeah, I'm not gonna hold you guys up much longer. Again, thank you for uh, to Idris uh, and Boxy for coming on to the show. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Thank you for fucking with the brand. Uh, for Ringo, for Coach, this is Grego. The culture's real. The culture's everywhere. We will catch you with, uh, out in the socials. We'll see y'all next week, and we out.